your leadership tool bag so you can climb your mountain of success. So let's get it. Hey guys, Operation Innovation, this is Foley Hart and I am here with the amazing Adam Kelly. Uh, this is going to be an awesome talk, super excited uh, to give you some tools for your leadership tool bag uh, to succeed. So Adam Kelly is the Director of Supply Chain Management. Uh, he is an MBA candidate. He is a professional scrum master, a Marine Corps veteran, veteran advocate and host of the What Made You podcast. Um, so first off, before I get started, Adam, happy Veterans Day and thank you for your service. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, so uh, I'll go ahead and open it up to you if you want to start with anything. Yeah, um, I would just say in the spirit of Veterans Day, thanks for having me on. I love that we're talking about all things operations and leadership. That's really what my life has been about, especially since I separated. Um, and now that I'm getting my MBA, trying to tie in a lot of that with what I'm doing on the day-to-day -day basis. So I work in supply chain management for my particular company. Um, I work for Furnish, which is a startup in LA. We are a furniture subscription slash rental company. Um, and it's been very interesting to work with furniture manufacturers, which are mostly overseas during a time when it's almost impossible to get anything from overseas right now because the pandemic. <laughs> so it's been a interesting um, eight months or so, but I guess every, everyone I talked to, I think there was no better preparation than being in the military where every single second things change, especially in the infantry where nothing stays the same within 24 hours. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking that as you were saying that, like, man, what better way to have prepared you than to be in the military? Um, and I know that you also said that you uh, volunteer for Varati, is that correct? Yep. So the way I first got involved in like the veteran advocacy space was um, during lockdown, I was just looking for something else to do. And I found out about Veterati, which is a company that pairs transitioning service members with C-class individuals or, or higher up managers to kind of aid them in their transitioning journey. And it's also for, for veterans who have been out, but maybe they're just looking for some advice on how to you know grow up on their career. So I got involved, I started speaking with some people and the problems that a lot of transitioning service members were having were the same ones I ran into when I EAS from the Marine Corps in 2012. Um, a lot of that was like, hey, all I did was I went through a week long transition assistance program um, mm -hmm. besides that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, which was always what I said. I, I definitely didn't take transitioning as seriously as I could have when I got out. I was 21 and I was focused on like, I don't have to cut my hair every week. Like, I don't have to <laughs> shave. <laughs> like, Did you do I, the beard I, thing? No, I can't grow facial hair very well. I tried to, but it was pitiful. <laughs> but, um, I think I was a, a lot like a lot of younger people when they got out who was like, I'm going to go get a, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to collect housing allowance and I'm going to party and then I'll figure it all out. Um, so a lot of it was definitely immaturity. And I think that's, that's something that you still see today, but there definitely is not enough focus put on the individual. I think in transitioning assistance, it's a lot of, we're going to get 40 guys and gals in a room and we're going to show you how to write a resume that can get you an entry level job somewhere, which is, I understand that's needed, but that's not enough to, 
get people motivated to really figure out what they want to do when they get out. So, yeah, so long story short, I was getting that same kind of answer back from people I was talking to through Veterati and was just like, this is insane that this is the same thing almost, you know, 10 years later. Um, so I started looking into all the different organizations that are out there on LinkedIn and a lot of the people that are out there making content to try and help veterans and decided, okay, there's something I can do, whether it's having conversations like we're having right now or, you know, interviewing some of these organizations and hopefully pushing the videos out to people who are still in the military and getting ready to transition and just let them know like, okay, there's DOD skill bridge, there's higher military, there's all these groups that if you are willing to put in the effort and you're serious about having a really efficient transition, you can do it. It's not hopeless. Um, so it's been a crazy ride. I had no idea all the different organizations that are out there and all the amazing people that are doing great work in the veteran community. And most of them are veterans, which is great because you and I, we can talk for hours and it's going to be comfortable and we get each other. Um, so I think it's really important that it's that mentality of like helping the next generation of people transitioning out of the military and letting them know, you know, even though you're not active duty or anything anymore, there's still like a, the brotherhood and a sisterhood that's out yes. there to help each other. Um, I know in particular, when I told my command that I was not reenlisting and I was EASing, you get like black sheep status. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's just transitioning. No, don't get him. 100%. Like, I mean, I had some, I had some great immediate like leadership, like some great sergeants and staff sergeants who I still talk to today and they're still brothers. But I would say above that, it was a little bit like, oh, you're not doing 20 years. I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> um, so I think it's it's important. I think a lot of people feel that. Mm -hmm. And I've even spoken with E9s who say the same thing. They've done almost 30 years. And when they tell you know, their command that they're putting in their packages separate, they're like, everyone lost my phone number. No one talks to me anymore. Yeah, so well, think a, about it. I mean, the equivalent in the civilian sector, it's like a two-week notice, but a year ahead of time. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we're like the, I think it's it's almost just assumed that you're going to re-enlist and re-enlist and re And even though the vast majority of people only do a four-year contract and then get out, um, at least in the Marine Corps, for sure. So it's just weird that there's this stigma on like, oh, you're you're getting out and you're trying to move on to the next step of your life. Like that's a negative thing somehow. Um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I don't know. I would want, you'd think you would want everyone to be successful and happy. Um, but it's just great to know. And, and I'm glad I have learned that there are so many people out there that are willing to help. Um, and it has become like a, a fun passion project of mine for sure. That's awesome. And I, I'm curious about a couple things. So, uh, when you had mentioned Varadi, I was thinking, okay, you know, in my head, what are some you know, values that uh, you think that transitioning veterans don't really know that they bring to the civilian workforce in general after working with those people. But another thing I thought after that thought was, man, I wonder what sort of things it is that he's learned having to help brothers and sisters come along the journey, because I'm sure it wasn't all just one way you tell it, like, you know, spewing information at him, like you had to have learned something. I think like, there's a couple things for sure. So, um, I think a big thing for veterans who are just looking to get into their first job, whether it's whether they know what they want to do with their career or they're just like, I need a job. Um, being in the military, I don't care who you are, you inherently are going to be a harder worker than a lot of people. 
Um, I think my generation and people who are a little bit younger than me, we have such a horrible, <laughs> like we have such a horrible reputation of being lazy and not working hard. And by that, I mean, people born around like 1990, like in that area. Right. Um, where I found that if you're just willing to work hard, you're already ahead of so many of your peers that weren't in the military because you have that instilled in you. Isn't that crazy? Because it's, it's so insane. normal in the military to have to, you know, you are put up against your peers, you work as hard as everybody else. And then you get yeah. to the civilian sector and you're like, how are you still here? <laughs> I think it's it's amazing, but that's definitely, and that's something that I think people are told from the time day one of being in the military, you're told like, hey, you're, you're gonna have this, you know, aura when you get out, like you're gonna, be able to do all these things. I think that's 100% true. You just have that mindset of like, I can work beyond nine to five. I don't mind working harder because your entire time in the military, there's no such thing as a nine to five. You, yes. You're working until, you know, first sergeant says you can go home. Yeah, yep. pretty much. <laughs> um, so I think that's number one. The, the other thing is I think um, veterans in particular, they feel very responsible for the people around them, for sure. So. Caring for the communal, I think, is a really important aspect of why veterans succeed in like an office, if you can just imagine that setting. Um, I'm a big proponent of looking to just constantly add tools to your pool, your toolbox, using things like Udemy to learn new skills. Um, and, and a good example of that, I think, is I work in a company that has some incredible data analysts and engineers, um, but I'm constantly trying to look at supply chain information and data and when I first started, it required me to pull someone aside and be like, hey, can you waste half an hour and build this <laughs> SQL, <laughs> you know, build, build this for me so I can look at some data where I eventually ended up taking like an SQL bootcamp so I could do it myself. And it's, mm -hmm. it's great for me because it makes me a better employee. It's something I can put on my resume and just helps me become a more functional team member but it also helps the organization because that's one less person I have to pull away from their job to help me out, which I think is especially where I come from the infantry, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, everyone needs to be proficient in their skill for sure, but you also need to know a little bit about what everyone else does. Yeah. I think that comes very naturally to veterans. Like we like getting our hands dirty. We like seeing what everyone's doing and learning what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't think that that's, maybe there's some negative stigma around that. Like, oh, you're trying to be on top of everyone and you're trying to micromanage. I think there's a huge difference between micromanaging and just having a general interest and in, like you want to know what everyone is doing and learning a little bit. Um, in my opinion, that's something that veterans, we like to do. Like we, yeah, it, it's, it's, we feel more in control of ourselves if we know a little bit of everything. I agree. Um, I was just uh, having a similar conversation today uh, with some coworkers uh, who work in our finance department. I was trying to understand what it was they did and what the process was, and I, I came to find out that you know there there were some things that I could help with. And whenever I started to offer my help, oh, can I do this for you and this for you and this for you to like streamline that process? I I got like side eyes of like, what are you up to? Why are you trying to help me? Because people just, to your point, it's something that comes naturally to veterans to just be like, how can I, how can I help this process go easier um, so that, you know, you can help other people or, you know, that our organization as a whole runs better. Um, not everyone has that mindset. That's crazy. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, 
like I just think about if I was like in the field training, right? And I, there was the seven tons rolled up and they were loading packs or unloading water. Like mm -hmm. my guys wouldn't be sitting there watching. Like we right. wouldn't be like taking so long. <laughs> Hurry up. It's like, it's like naturally we would get involved and we wouldn't need to get told that. And I don't understand. I mean, it just, it, it makes so much sense to us. I feel like, but in the workplace, it should be the same thing. Like I'm, I don't know anything about software engineering or IT work or anything like that. Um, that stuff just blows me away how people can do it. But the, if I can understand like 5% of it where I'm taking away some nonsense task that our IT department has to handle because no one else can do it, that, that's mm -hmm. great. It's making my company more efficient. Um, it makes them feel better because they don't feel like they're wasting their time on some menial task that they don't have to do. But I don't know. I get it how some people can be like, okay, leave me alone. Or like, why are you trying to do my job? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, because they have to be the king or queen of their castle, right? So right. you have to deal with those personalities too. But, you know, I, I love that we're having this talk because I think that going back to my transition, um, I feel like that, that was, and still to an extent is the hardest part for me is being able to capture those moments of those soft skill moments that you can't really put on a resume and being able to explain that to a future employer or explain that to, uh, anyone who uh, you know you're trying to bring into your organization as a partner or a third party to help you out with on a project like it's it's difficult to explain to people who just haven't had that experience yeah the I think the biggest thing that I've learned since I've really started talking with um, transitioning service members is that everyone knows what a resume is supposed to look like but I think what a lot of people struggle with is how to take their military experience, and translate it into civilian language so that- My life, my life for the first like, year and a half. After yeah, it's, which, and, and I think that's why so many veterans when they're transitioning out or when they first get out, feel a little hopeless is because you could do, you know, if you're an infantry squad leader in the Marine Corps and you deployed and you've done all these incredible things, if you just wrote that word for word on a resume, how is a, HR department that doesn't understand any of the lingo or the jargon going to see how you fit into their their organization, their culture. It's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I think we could do a lot of improvement in like transition assistance programs is helping people translate and tell that story where if you're in, in, a, in a supply shop in the army, um, like you have so much accountability on millions and millions of dollars worth of serialized government gear. You're an HR personnel because you have all these other people that you manage. It's not just ran supply shop and like there's there's better ways to tell that story and actually apply those soft skills like you're talking about, which everyone leaves the military having. But it's just how do you make those relevant to a new job in the civilian side? I agree. I think that something in my transition that was missing that I found out later uh, is that a lot of uh, veterans, they will reword what their titles were in the military to better fit whatever the industry is that they're applying to. So I think that that's a really practical skill that um, it's really difficult because not a lot of veterans know what the equivalent is. Yep. But if you just Google a few things or um, to the point that you had made, I think when we were talking on the phone, if you just reach out and find people who are already in that industry, um, LinkedIn, fantastic place to go. Awesome. 
Yeah, fantastic. And that was one of those things that got real brushed over in my transition is, oh, yeah, by the way, create a LinkedIn profile. It's really good to network. Do, 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 do. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, crazy. When I got out in, in 2012, the idea or the thought of me creating a LinkedIn profile was like, only nerds have LinkedIn. Like, <laughs> yes. right? like who uses that? Yeah. Right? That was uh, the first thing that my job looked for was what is she doing on LinkedIn? My very yeah. first job. I, I never would have thought about that. Never. I mean, that's that's how the company I work for right now, that's how I found that job. Um, that's how I do all my networking, whether it's in the supply chain space or whether it's in the veteran advocacy space. That's how everyone that I meet, that I interview, it's 100% through LinkedIn. It is in insanely powerful tool if used correctly. And I, I think you made a good point about if you see a lot of active duty personnel right now, their job title won't say, you know, battalion XO, it'll say operations chief, or it'll say supply chain manager if they work in logistics, which is great. I love seeing that. It goes to show that more active duty personnel are engaging on LinkedIn, which I think is really powerful, not just because those senior leaders are going to have more resources when they hit 20 years and retire. But I'm hoping that they are passing on all the information they're seeing to the, you know, the four-year corporal who's getting out. At least someone now can tell them, like, I know you're getting out and maybe you don't know what LinkedIn is, but look at all this stuff that's out there. Right. Um, that's real. That's awesome. And I, I think that's kind of the trend that we're seeing. But yeah, I, I had no idea. Again, LinkedIn, when I got out, it was like, Nerd, nerds. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Look at their profiles. Oh, they yeah. obviously out here. Yeah. Which it, it is like when I was, I don't know, when I was going through like middle school and high school when MySpace was like the big thing. <laughs> and I would have to like like limit how much time I could spend on there. Because LinkedIn has become so helpful and it's such a like a resource that I do use just for connecting and, and finding information. I do have to like limit my time on there or else I will just, I get, get lost in that work big time. Yeah. 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 I feel you on that one. Um, just sitting here thinking about it. What are some small ways that you think that uh, either veterans or civilians can help those transitioning veterans right now? Ah, okay. That's a big veterans, question. <laughs> veterans, I think the biggest thing is just being there as someone to talk to. Um, I had no idea how much help I would get just from talking to people who are transitioning out. Even though I was in that that mentor role, just mm -hmm. talking to other veterans like on a pretty regular basis now and that feeling of that brotherhood that's still out there. I, I know that if I you know, 10 years from now, if I needed to find a new job somewhere else and there was a veteran within that organization, I could bond with them, I could click with them and they could pass me along to their HR person or they could point me in the right direction. Um, I think the biggest thing for veterans who are civilians right now that are, you know, seeing transitioning service members out there is just let them know that you're there and you're willing to be a resource for them. I think that's incredibly helpful um, for civilians. I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think it's it's vastly better today than it was 30 years ago, right? I think Agreed. today's veterans are treated so much better than they were if you look back at like Vietnam veterans or, or, or before that. It, it's incredible how much progress has been made there. There's still a huge stigma around things like PTSD, mm -hmm. 
um, which that's that's going to take a while, I think, for the civilian world to understand what that really is and what that means. I don't think it's 10 years ago that may have just been, oh, if, you know, this person was in the military and they deployed. All right, well, we just can't handle that risk. So we're, we're not even going to move forward with them. I don't think that's there as strong anymore. Um, but I do think there is that like, okay, we need to use our kids glove a little bit with this person because they were in the military and we don't want to offend them. We don't want to say the wrong thing where, I mean, you know, as well as I do, we have the thickest skin <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of anyone. It, it takes a yeah. lot to, to, to offend me. It really takes a lot where I'm going to be, able, you know, I've heard it all. I've, I've seen it all. It's, it's okay. Yeah. But I do think people just don't, because these conversations like we're having, maybe civilians, obviously they're not engaged in those and they're not really following them along. So they don't understand that, I don't think. Um, yeah. And and they don't want to offend anyone. You know, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. No one wants to offend a veteran, which is great. I, I, I love that. But, but it I sounds think, like it keeps conversations from happening the way that you're talking about it, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's people are worried that they're going to say something and face some backlash, which again, in my opinion, that veterans, for the most part, we're not that type of people. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm very happy-go-lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so. no, I, and I think it's a good point. Um, just listening to you now, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, what what would I tell my work? And maybe I'm only thinking of this because, you know, I transitioned from uh, Army Engineer Active Duty to uh, QVC uh, Warehouse Supply Chain Management arena to healthcare. So three vastly different organizations. Um, But in this most recent transition, I was looking back saying, man, it took me six to eight months just to learn the the culture and all of the mannerisms and the the speech and how to approach people and everything in QVC alone. And then you have to move somewhere else and learn those all over again. So I think um, for civilians, maybe something that I would offer is to understand that, you know, veterans are really just coming from, they might have different values, but, um, you know, they nest with any organization's values. They just might speak a different language, you know what I mean, than than anyone else. So to your point, you know, don't, don't be afraid you're going to offend them. Um, just work with them to understand what, you know, your way is versus the military way. Yeah. And I think, I mean, civilians struggle with that as well. So I used to work for a much larger company and then I moved to a startup environment and it is a completely different. different. It's insane. Just the like the language. Whereas, I mean, I, I have a military background. I love acronyms. Like yeah. I still use acronyms daily, but <laughs> and this this was the reason why I went out and got my um, professional scrum master certification was because sitting in acronyms because you I love mean, acronyms. Just, it was because <laughs> I I was listening to how the engineers would talk with each other and there was all these terms and acronyms that I didn't understand and I just felt so not out of the loop but I felt like I was slowing the organization down because I wasn't on top of all those things. Yeah. Um, where now it's like, oh, cool. I know what all these scrum terms are and agile and all these things. Um, but again, it's, it's civilians face that all the time. I think whether you're working in like IBM, you know, white collar, and then if you move to a startup, super agile environment startup, it's Mm -hmm. completely different culture, completely different language. 
Um, I mean, I, I love it. I, I love working in the startup environment. It, I think it's so cool and so fun. Um, but yeah, it's it can definitely be a shock to the system for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I did not, I never thought I would just be like, like speaking with the owners of the company in such a matter of fact way and them really wanting my opinion on things because we're very fast moving and they hired me for that reason. It's Whereas in the military, you know, there's, okay, I have my squad leader, my platoon sergeant, my platoon commander, my company gunny, my company first sergeant, all these different things. It's much more direct. Um, so it definitely takes a while to get used to. I would say, especially for people coming out of the military where maybe, maybe you're- Oh yeah, no, you can't you, address the colonel that way. How dare exactly, you? Exactly, right? Like, yeah. I even say that now, when, when I first started talking with veterans and, and um, for my podcast, one of my first interviews um, was with, Jason, he's an E9, got out of the army. And even oh I was my gosh, what I was just like how do you do <laughs> Yeah, I mean I got out oh my, oh my lord. Yeah, because it's such a hard like if you've known that for 20 years plus, then go that is just yeah. sh- so drop you in the deep end. Even just talking to like, yeah, like, oh my God, if, if we were both still and I said to him joking, like if we were both still active right now, I would never come up and talk to you. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Because my staff sergeant would chew me out. My company gunny would throw me on duty all weekend. Like, why are you talking? To <laughs> um, so I, de- I definitely carried some of that over into the civilian world, obviously. Um, but now it's changed a little bit, and I'm obviously much more comfortable with that. I mean, depending, obviously, where you work, that hierarchy and kind of how the leadership structure is. Again, I think it's veterans are great at adapting to whatever situation they're thrown into. So it may take some time like like with everyone but we we figured out i agree um well our time's buzzed by is there any last thought or story you want to tell um i don't think so i would just say if anyone is out there and they're looking for ways to get involved with helping veterans or transitioning service members um creating content whatever you can do to spread the message is, is, is really helpful i love Everyone that I've met through LinkedIn and these interviews like we've been having, it's really been an eye opener for the resources that are out there. Um, And for anyone who's thinking about transitioning out of the military, my biggest piece of advice would be to use LinkedIn, utilize it as a resource. Um, Find a mentor. If you really don't know what you want to do, find a mentor and just talk to a, a veteran who's in the civilian world now and pick their brain. I had no thoughts I was going to end up working in operations in the supply chain world. When I got out, <laughs> they pretty much told me, you're okay, you're in the infantry, you're going to be a police officer, or you're going to work in security. Those were like my That's two options. That's true. That's true. So they it took don't me a while. that? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was told. <laughs> um, and I, I, I knew that wasn't the route I wanted to take. So it takes time. Everyone is different. But yeah, there's a ton of awesome resources out there. And like, like you fully, even just these conversations, it's huge. So thank you so much for, for having conversations like this and for having me on. I'm, I'm hoping if it just helps one person, then I think we've done our job. So I a hundred percent agree. So thank you so much for being on, uh, everybody, the wonderful Adam Kelly. Uh, I will make sure that whenever this gets onto YouTube and then is reposted to LinkedIn, uh, I'll have a link to his, uh, what made you podcast. Uh, and to his LinkedIn profile so you guys can find him and utilize him as a resource. Uh, highly encourage any veterans to hop on to uh, his profile and then maybe he can bring you on as a podcast uh, 
Yes. yes so. <laughs> I, I'm, I forgot to mention that. Always looking for guests. Always. Yes. Wonderful. Okay, good. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, thank you, everyone. Hope that we brought some tools to uh, your leadership tool bag to succeed. Thanks.